I mean, I think it really comes down to the core of like your why and, and really being honest with yourself of like, I mean, there's so much ego that can come through with entrepreneurship and with anything really, but like if your why is pure in being in service and anytime that it's not, it's also okay because we're human and to like come back to reminding ourselves of why we're doing this in the first place, I think that that heart-centered integrity and like showing up to be in service. I mean, to me, like that's where abundance and financial wealth is naturally going to flow because we're in the, what can we give versus what can we get? You're listening to the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to uplevel your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, and this is going to be a very special episode that is here today with you. I've got speaker, coach, and podcast host, Amy Paminski, and this isn't just any conversation I've had with a guest. I actually went to Chapman University with this woman, and we used to rave together, and I remember when I was in school, like I was still so in my space of insecurity. And so if you would have told me like younger Sabrina, (laughs) who was in class in her neck brace after a car accident, that she would be sitting on Amy Paminsky's house in Encinitas, I would have said, yeah, right. 10 years ago, but here we are in this conversation. And I'm really excited to be sharing with it during this time of year, because the veil is very thin right now. And our ancestors, they're really coming through. And We're diving into a very intense week, and we have to remember to be the eye of the storm about what's about to unfold and to know that our ancestors have our back. And the more that we stay in our true integrity, when we can courageously embody who we are, our truth, we have the power to move mountains. And this is a lot of what we're talking about today in this episode. And by reclaiming our power back, by having those boundaries and saying our what's our truth, not what our family has told us, what we need to do, how we need to be, but what is our truth? I just got out of vacation with my family in Cabo and finished the second draft of my book. And let me tell you to see me and my truth and share my story. It, I see how it impacts my family in a greater way. And this is something you need to embrace too. You taking responsibility and control of your story, you have the power to really revolutionize your lineage. And so Amy, she's really here to help women navigate through anxiety and depression and stress through using spiritual mindset 
and to really help people connect with their intuition and really increase their worthiness and deepen their level of self-love, which is what we're going to need more than ever. So please nourish yourself, take care of yourself and honor what you need. Okay. She's the host of the feminine frequency podcast, and I was blessed to be a guest on her podcast. So I'll add the link in the show notes below. And it's going to be fun to dive in and to for you to hear our story and what we really talk about in this episode, because we're talking about really embarking on the healing journey through depression, which both of us navigated through at a young age. We talked about transcending ancestral conditioning and really bridging the gap. We talked a lot about how, again, we having the courage to pave our own path how that impacts our family lineage and what it takes for us to really have our ego become our amigo and the power of genuine sisterhood and what it takes for you to really call it in and align to it. Plus, we talked about self-esteem and projection of others who are in the most pain, which can be a huge thing that's going to be coming up in these next coming weeks. So please take a screenshot, tag Amy and myself. You can tag Amy at Amy Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-C-O on Instagram. Tag me at Sabrina Riccio or at Sovereign Society Podcast. And leave a rating and review if you're, especially if you're listening on iTunes to really help this conversation and these messages to go further. I, part of me feels like there's been a lot of censorship going on as I've been continuing to expose the truth. So you just taking a couple minutes to leave a rating and review really helps us get the message and the medicine out there. So I'm excited for you to dive in and take initiative to courageously embody you because this is what this conversation is all about and enjoy. This is a trip. Well, Amy just had me on her podcast, and now she's here with me. Yeah, I'm going to remove my, like, wires around the mic. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, no judgment. No judgment. Judgment versus discernment, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's, to me, you know, been, like I was sharing with her, is the fact that I've devoted, like, the last week or so Mm, Yeah, about the last week of like writing 40,000 words and the parts of where I had the most resistance of writing about were like my college years and the years after. And the fact that I finished writing that and then here I am with someone I went to school with is like, yes, like a sign seal delivered confirmation that to me, like a lot of the wounds and and the pains of the past are all behind me. So I've got Amy here, who's the third person on this podcast that I gone to Chapman with, who are now like in the health and wellness industry. And so just watching that in itself is, is really dope. Like it's been really amazing to see, um, you know, our paths and to still find out like mutual friends we've had outside of school that are in the industry and just seeing like the interconnectedness and the web of that still like thriving is it's it's so amazing and I think the best part of me about Chapman was the networking and meeting incredible people that are doing great things like you so I appreciate you and the work you're doing of really helping people with their confidence and their self-worth and and healing themselves in that way so that they can really be change and be the change so this is just 
It's a trip for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's really amazing. I think one of the things that I'm realizing more and more is that we all have our own unique codes to offer and share. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they are a reflection of the healing journey that we've gone on and being able to then pass on the wisdom and the knowledge and the codes that we've learned throughout our path Mm -hmm. to then offer those to other people. And I really feel like that's what it's about. Like that is my highest fulfillment. My highest joy is to see women stepping into their power and like reclaiming their worthiness. And, um, maybe even, I don't even know reclaiming their worthiness, but discovering that they're actually worthy, which Mm -hmm. is like they're innately worthy, but we have to like teach them that they're worthy, which was the same for me. So yeah, it's just, um, I think, I'm just really grateful to be on my own healing journey and then being able to continue to share that and pass that along is, I mean, I wouldn't like, there's nothing else I would rather do. Like I hear I you. can't imagine doing anything else. I would love to hear like what initiated you to embark on the healing journey. Cause I know after Chapman you went and you went to like nutrition school. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear what was like the catalyst for you to embark on your healing journey and to that's really like shaped you into the person you are today. Mm -hmm. Hands down, my journey with depression has been the biggest guiding force in my healing journey. And also, you know, I started experiencing significant depression towards the end of high school, although I'd known that I've always been really sensitive. Um, And there was a big rupture within my world in like my, between my head and my heart and like what, what other people wanted of me versus what was my truth. And so I think that through my own path of really looking for, like, if I'm so unhappy, then how can I become happy? And at the beginning, it was very much a searching outside of myself and therapy and books and podcasts and all these things. And then eventually coming to the space where I had tried all of those options and came to a place where I was 27 years old at the time and also going through my Saturn return at the time. And I was married and, um, I, went really got to a place where I felt so out of alignment with myself that I couldn't keep going in the direction that I was going. Mm. And so it wasn't just my marriage and that relationship because there was nothing toxic in that. There was no necessarily like, um, there wasn't a lot of trauma in that relationship. There was actually, it was pretty peaceful and good friends and all that. But it was really more of like the life that I was creating and who I was being and the parts of myself that I was suppressing, like Mm. my spirituality, my sexuality, like those were not accepted in the community and in the environment that I was surrounding myself by. And so I think it was me getting so far away from who I truly was and really people pleasing and like seeking that deep approval from my parents who I come from a Jewish background and I think any religion, it doesn't matter what religion is, there's certain expectations and beliefs of what's right and what's wrong. And I think it's such a core value for my parents and it's what's really important to them that I were to marry someone Jewish and then pass that along. And it never like was never a conversation that it wouldn't be that way. And Mm. when I was younger, I used to date men that were not Jewish and it was a very, very big, uh, they created a very big gap in my relationship with my parents because it wasn't what they wanted for me. And so 
when I got married, I did marry someone who was Jewish. And it was the first time when I felt that full approval and acceptance of my parents that like they, they were super supportive and loving and caring growing up. But there was like this one thing that like, in order to be fully accepted, I felt like I had to be a certain way. And when I got to the point where I'm waking up at 4am with anxiety and like feeling so disconnected from myself. And every time I go on a yoga retreat or do something that revolves around connecting to my own highest self, I'm bawling on the yoga mat. And like my, my heart is just like, so just upset and so grieving, like who I'm really meant to be. And just enough of those experiences and going through the understanding that that was not the right partnership for me. And that I did get to choose to recreate and and have faith to create a whole new life for myself. So mm. yeah, I think that was like really, I mean, prior to that health journey and, you know, mental health, but really I think a lot of that was the root of that is the core of being disconnected to who I truly am. Mm. Yes. And it's interesting when you're talking what I'm hearing a lot is the transcending of ancestral conditioning mm -hmm. of how when we're raised, we're, we're taught, this is what you need to do because this is what the ancestors have done. But I do believe that we are that generation of being the sacred disruptors who have the willpower or truly are having the say in our lives of what we will and will not tolerate, like what's actually our truth and what's been taught to be our truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I believe that there, there are so many, I mean, we're clearly going through such a huge cultural shift overall with religion, but also in the world. And I do think that up until now, and sure there were, you know, pieces of this before, but I think it's becoming so apparent that we are our own unique individual human beings and that there are things that we can choose to take the mm -hmm. things that really resonate with us, but we're, we are our own beings and, um, we don't just need to like replicate what is considered acceptable or normal from mm -hmm. the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think yes. And I think there's, there are nuggets of wisdom in those ancestral teachings. And I think what we're having to navigate through right now is being the bridge between like the uh, ancestral wisdom and teachings that resonate with us and what's actually our sovereignty of truth and acceptance and how we're paving the path. And I think from there, if like we do decide to have children, I think there's such a beautiful example for our kids to to see, like, take what resonates, release the rest, and to feel comfortable and not ashamed of going to those spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that there's some really powerful elements of traditions and religions, and whether that's community or, like, uh loyalty to one's family or just like being there for each other. I think that, um, religion has definitely a piece to play in that. And there's also so many different values that are 
literally just about being a loving human being. And if you can like align with those, then Mm -hmm. I think, and take those pieces, I think that they're, I'm super grateful for many elements of my upbringing. Amazing. Yeah. Because I think that I've been reflecting a lot on this and I mean, my desire was to get my master's in theology at USD and, and like, be, work with the UN to do conflict resolution. Like that was like the vision I always had. And I've always been fascinated in religion and um, more so the philosophies of that. And I think as we embark on the spiritual journey, I think it's important. The first thing we need to really recognize and honor is that relationship with our ancestors, whether it be their parents or not even like the great grandparents, the great grandparents. And to know that especially you having this Jewish upbringing, the amount of persecution and trauma that is in the lineage from not too many generations behind, you know, before you, that we have this power to say that pain, that persecution, it ends now and it ends with me. And it's it takes a courageous person to not get caught up or to think that like, quote unquote, this is the way it needs to be. And to still find, like we said, the nuggets of wisdom that come from there, helping helping the lineage heal. Because when we do this work, we're healing seven generations behind us instead of in generations before us. So I think it's been really beautiful for me to, to witness people that have had so many different religious upbringings and um, even more than just religious upbringings, but just cultural upbringings and seeing what nuggets of wisdom, again, from those ancestors, I think that's how we're evolving with the planet is that these Piscean ways that our ancestors grew up in, um, they, those times people didn't know how to have the self-confidence. Those times people didn't know how to be in their full power. They just like kept it to this like box that was formed or created or perceived to be like the way it is. And then now we're in this Aquarian age where there's rebellion coming through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think also as consciousness rises and expands, like we just have access to so much more Mm -hmm. uh, energetically that, I mean, consciousness is rising rapidly at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in the experience of the transformation and the transmutation of that, which isn't like true and, and really coming towards what is true for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, I feel grateful. I feel so grateful to be living in the time that we're living in. I Mm -hmm. mean, like this is life. Like what? (laughs) I hear you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know for me embarking on the spiritual path, it's made my parents more curious, especially my dad. You know, I've, I haven't gone completely like followed the path of the way that I was brought up. But I think my dad especially is a little more open. My mom is still like first generation American and has so much of those Italian cultures. But are you finding yourself like with the path that you're going on that there is a curiosity with your family of like, wow, look at how much Amy has shifted. What is she doing? Yeah. I mean, I think there's like mad respect because most people who were in the situation that I was in would have chosen to stay in a marriage because that's what they committed to. And that's because that's what like everyone around them is like approving of. And like most people would not have left. Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, it, it felt in some ways crazy at the time and also just so true that I couldn't deny it. And so, um, 
I think that my parents have a lot of respect for what I'm doing in the world and what I'm creating. And also, um, even though it's not exactly how they would want it to be, it also isn't that far off. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a evolving human making a difference in other people's lives. You know, I'm doing something that, that matters, that is making an impact. And I think they see that. And yeah, I mean, Last year, we had huge transformation in my family. My brother and my dad both went through um, an emotional intelligence course. And like my dad is in his 50s and he or actually turned 60 and he- Saturn return. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, you know, like he's completely transformed his forms of communication and learning how to be more present and learning how to be a completely different heart-centered leader in his business. And, you know, he's always run a successful business, but now it's like very connected and integrated. And so, I mean, I would say that, you know, the work that I've been doing have invited them into new possibilities. And, you know, my brother's completely come out of his shell. He's a few years younger than me. And I definitely see like, I think my mom reads every single post that I write, which is cool. And also I don't know if she, I think the podcast is like the one place where she like doesn't tune into, cause I don't think podcasting is her thing, but, um, I know that on a soul level, she understands it. I think that you know, I mean, she's on her own journey and I don't know how much she'll open to her own spirituality in this lifetime. And also I think that it doesn't create a barrier. I think it creates more closeness because I'm also a much more loving human Mm. because of the path I've been on. I mean, I had so much resistance and so much judgment and so much rebellion and so much all of that before. And so the more open and loving and like less judgmental I become and the more I heal, the more like their, our dynamics don't trigger me as much. Like I don't get triggered as much and sure I still, there's things that still are challenging for me, but like I'm able to be a much more loving, open daughter than, you know, I was before, (laughs) like hands down. Yeah. I think, and I think that's been part of the, um, the initiation of how we're all ascending together because I think like, especially the older generations, our parents, grandparents, uncles, whatever, there's, there's more layers to work through for them. And of course, like we're, we're, we're like chipping away, you know, in terms of the ancestral things, but everyone is responsible for their own work. Their egos can really come in. And if there is that disruption of the way they've been and change, not everyone does well with change how are you finding ways not like in your life of, of more like becoming aware of your ego and using it, not allowing that to have power over you, but knowing that when it comes up as moments to dive in deeper, to do the work, to heal, to transmute, to reframe and restructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I want to go back to that moment in time where I decided that I was going to go where I was going to get divorced. And like that moment was literally like I felt and I was in, in my ego was telling me that if I do that, my parents will disapprove of me. I will be disowned. Like no one will talk to me. Like it was a moment where I literally had to be willing to risk and lose everything that I had and rely solely on myself and my belief in the universe that, and like my soul's guidance that this was where I was meant to be going. And so that was the biggest moment where I was fully in my heart center and like my ego tried everything it could. And this Mm -hmm. was a process to getting to this place of fully 
choosing something that was solely for my heart and my soul without the knowing, like with all of the uncertainty in the world of like knowing what was going to happen next. I mean, I didn't know. I knew because I knew how to do mindset work at the time. And so I was doing a lot of um, visioning and I was doing a lot of subconscious reprogramming and scripting. And so I already in my mind was so clear on the life that I was creating and I was speaking it into existence as if it was already happening that that faith became way stronger than the fear. And so mm. I just like completely created this next version, even though I couldn't see it in front of my eyes in my mind, it had already happened. And so I think that, you know, I work a lot with the ego and I think the biggest place that it's shown up for me in my life is self-criticism and self-judgment and, um, you know, the conversations of, of, yeah, just low, low worthiness or just, I would say lack of self-love has really been most like the biggest part of my journey, whether it's been about my body or about what I think I'm capable of. And it really, really held me back. And so I think for me having a daily practice of connecting to my heart and my higher self, for me, it's meditation. It has completely transformed my mental health. It has really supported me in connecting to, um, everything that I've manifested, I would say is just like really being tapped into that higher intelligence. And so having a daily grounding of coming back to myself and, and having that as the beginning of my day, most days, like when the ego stuff comes up because of the meditation, I'm able to see it as a thought or a belief, but it's not who I am. And so I'm able to relate to it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think when those moments come up, it's, it's fragmented parts of ourselves that are yearning for love. Mm. You know, I think it's it's parts of us that have been ignored or repressed or passed, you know, like, oh, let's just let it go or f flow. But I, I do think there's there's such medicine when when moments like that arise to to take that stop and like listen to it. It's like that like child that's having a tantrum. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way that I see the ego is like, where are you not being seen, accepted? What is, what's not working for you? How, like, how are you feeling victim mm -hmm. to certain things? And those victim mindsets come from not feeling like heard, seen, acknowledged, accepted. Yeah. And the more that you ignore it, the louder it gets. So, mm -hmm. you know, anxiety, fear, um, depression, like they're all symptoms of, you know, some need or something that's not being met or being out of alignment with yourself. And so I see them as guides back to the truth of who you are. And oftentimes it's painful to like see that and to experience it. But the more that I listen to my anxiety or I listen to my depression, it's like, what is this trying to tell me? What is, what need is not being met? Where can I love myself more? Where do I need to support myself more? And, um, often all for my clients, what I'll have them do is actually write this out, either like write it out in a journal. And it's like, what is your anxiety saying to you right now? Or mm -hmm. have that conversation with your anxiety. For some people, it's helpful to give it a name so that there's actually a conversation and dialogue going, but it's like, okay, this fear is coming up. Like, what do you need? Where do you not feel, feel seen or heard or understood? And how can I give that to myself? And it's interesting because the deeper that we go into this work, at least what I've found is that once you chip away at like those big rocks where like the ego is just like controlling and dominating your whole life, 
it gets so much more, it gets subtle. Like it's a lot harder to see it. And the ego gets really sneaky and comes up in really interesting ways. And it's not just so obvious as when I first started my mindset journey and personal development journey where I was like, holy shit, I'm like beating the crap out of myself in my mind every single day. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty obvious when it's so loud and like that voice isn't super loud anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it comes up in like really subtle ways. So I think that, you know, whether it's through journaling or through sitting in circle and for me, I'm very much a uh, verbal processor. And so if I'm working with a coach or a mentor, I have so many incredible women in my life who we have real conversations and I'm not oh, like- Oh, what a concept, right? <laughs> I was just in uh, Sedona with a couple of my girlfriends and one of them was like, I freaking love being in my thirties. And I was like, why is that? And she goes, cause we can just talk about sex and talk about like all of these things that just, you know, before we were afraid of being judged or trying to fit in. And like, it's just fun to be able to literally say whatever is true without mm-hmm. having to, um, uh, put the mask on and, mm. um, try and pretend that we're not that. And so it, it was really fun. And yeah, I mean, I think just being able to have that outlet for me is for me to be able to see what's going on in my mind. Right. When you, when you talk about that, I think it becomes easier to magnetize towards people like that, where you can be unapologetically you, the more you've, you've given yourself permission to be unapologetically you for yourself. So not judging yourself if the anxiety comes up, not judging yourself if that ego rises up, not judging yourself if you find yourself a little off course and like going down a little spiral for a bit, but knowing the tools to help you get there. And I think the more that we work through it and heal that self-shame or like this idea of like who we need to be, and the more we also like clear out and purge out relationships that are either surface level, because now that we've had a relationship with ourselves, we don't have a surface level relationship with ourselves. The more we're allow our, allowing ourselves to do that deeper work and go to those really yucky, dark, demonic like spaces, our demons that we have, alchemize it, heal it out, listen to it, heal it the people that we will call in our life, we have better boundaries and states of like non-negotiable, like places of, of, of discernment on who, who we allow in, who we don't. And it makes life more enjoyable rather than feeling like you need to like fit a mold in your relationships too, I think. But it all, to me, it feels like it all comes down to, to taking that time to do that with yourself first. Yeah. I mean, talk about when I was younger in high school and even in college. I mean, I was just so much in that space of self, like hatred and self-judgment and just constantly in that shame and the guilt. And (laughs) it pushed people away. Like I didn't have, I never had a close group of friends. I would have like one girlfriend or there were three of us. And it was just like, it was never what I imagined like true friendship to be. And it had a lot to do with like my relationship with myself. And so I had so many sisterhood wounds and it literally wasn't until I was 27 and got divorced and started living as my authentic self and being Mm -hmm. vulnerable and sharing my truth that if I tell you that like women came out of nowhere, like literally it felt like from thin air, I was like, 
whoa, these are the true friendships and the friendships that I have so, my soul has like desired so deeply, but I haven't been available for and haven't mm-hmm. been able to open up to because my relationship with myself was not great. And that also was projected onto other people. And so just like, oh my God, my, like where I'm at now with sisterhood and allowing other women into my life. I mean, these last year I hosted, I don't know, probably like eight or nine really, you know, new moon circles. And I created a a community called new moon collective. And I just wanted other women to experience what it's like to be seen by other women, to be held by other women, to experience and like heal their sisterhood wounds. And I just so deeply, like that's been a big part of my healing. And I just wanted to create that space for other women too. It's amazing. Yeah. Because I I laugh because when I was at Chapman, you know, we're there at the same time. I was so insecure, like Mm -hmm. so insecure, terrified of majority of the women there. You know, I was, I transferred there. I was at, you know, I I transferred there. I was at San Diego state, transferred to Chapman, didn't find my crew at San Diego state was all going through severe depression, going to my therapist every week prescribed Adderall to like help me with diagnosed with ADHD from prolonged depression, went to Chapman, like try to figure it out, was in a very abusive relationship with one of, with my best friend who took her life's ex and Mm. felt like I had to like be the martyr and protect him because everyone like blamed him for her passing. Wow. And when I, you know, until I started like allowing myself to work with psychedelics and MDMA that I started to start like chipping that away and then being able to hit a rock bottom. Like, I don't know if you would necessarily call like that divorce and where you were at as a rock bottom, but I know in my experience, when I hit that rock bottom and started to learn to love myself, I too found myself magnetizing towards real women who valued me, who respected me, who actually for the first time in my life, I felt like really had my back. But I was able to recognize that because for the first time I had my own back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate. And I, when I went to Chapman, I was like, I would see like a group of sorority girls walking towards me and I'd just be like, why would anyone want to do that? And I was like, ew. And I was just like, but it was like my own judgment. It was like fear of not fitting in. Like I didn't feel like I would fit in. I was like, none of that feels like anything I want to be a part of. Yeah, and not I, my belief was mm-hmm. just that women were you know, judgmental and dramatic and talk behind each other's backs. And so I just hung out with guys all the time and that was just easier. (laughs) I did too. I hung out with all the gay boys and we would just go and like dance our face off. And yeah, I hear you. I mean, I had a very similar situation, but I think it's because we've been, we were conditioned at a young age to like be catty. We were conditioned at a young age to like talk shit or to hate or like the jealousy and the total mean girls like that, that was a reality. Mm -hmm. And, but looking at it all and being able to reflect back, you know, that those girls that were the mean girls were actually the ones that were the most insecure and projecting it out because again, they were yearning for that love. And I think as an empath, like you feel that, but you, since you don't have that level of like self-worth yet, or even self-realization, you don't, you don't know, like you can't tell the difference that like it's coming at you because of you versus like, this is a person who's just really like calling out 
for that love, calling out and doesn't know how to really value themselves and have that self-worth and respect. Yeah, it's crazy. It literally to the human brain is like, how is this even possible? This person's insecure and they want love. So they're going to project that like, just be super mean and be super non-inclusive. And like, it, it's, it's like, oh, they seem like they are so confident, but they're actually, the, it's, it's crazy. And I've also seen this in my work as a, you know, nutritionist and eating psychology coach that like a lot of the women who are like, honestly, some of like the most aesthetically beautiful women have like the lowest self-esteem. And, um, yeah, it's, it is really, really interesting that those are the dynamics, but you know, I also used to take things so personally, I was so sensitive and like not in a judgmental way around myself, but I just like, um, you know, I just felt hurt if people didn't communicate in the way that they, I wanted them to, or if, you know, if people made plans without me, I would just like make it mean so much about me. And that's because I didn't feel happy within myself. So it was like, so bummed when I wasn't included in something. And like, I mean, we all just want to be loved and be part of community, but yeah, I would just feel so, so hurt by that and then not be able to process it in a healthy way. And yeah. And it's interesting because I think of it a lot as like you're you have this idea or belief that like the like having lots of friends and being popular or whatever, that's a form of materialism. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you are thinking like having like the crew of like the popular people or like all these friends, like look at what I have. But it's actually not really the key to happiness. And then you can have that be same, same, but different with like physical material things. You can be surrounded by this beautiful house, great car, all these things. But that's just another bypassing or giving away your power to something outside of you and thinking that's what's going to give bring happiness your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what comes to mind as you share that is just like, you can have all the stuff, you can have all the friends, you can have all the things, but at the end of the day, if you're not happy and content within yourself, and I do really feel like there's a huge component of like fulfillment and purpose. And if you're not like aligning with that and and moving towards that and making an impact in some way, there will always be a gap to fill. Yes. And it takes a it takes the courageous one to look at it. It takes the courageous one to get honest with it. It takes the courageous one to say it ends here and it ends now. And at times it can in the beginning it can feel lonely. In the beginning cuz you're like questioning or like disrupting like a pattern that was actually never very supportive or in alignment to like what you actually want. Mhm. It's really fascinating. I mean, I love like I consider myself a people a people watcher and an observer. I don't know if it's because I also like studied I studied marketing and sociology, so watching groups of people and seeing how they interact, how they come together and how they kind of create like a collective brain, you know, and then an overall mindset that it's kind of like a conforming crowd. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that security of who you are, that inner knowing of who you are, you can fall for, you can fall for that. So easily. Yeah. Well, you're just so much more susceptible at, 
for it when you don't have your individuality and sovereignty and yeah it's <laughs> it's such a trip how people relate to one another yeah it's it's and like I just sometimes I feel like I'm just like eating my bowl of popcorn like watching it happen <laughs> you know you know everyone's on their own journey and someone we care about is like going down a toxic path, but also knowing like we're not the martyr, nor can we like this is their they have free will mm-hmm. and this is their life. And all you can do is lead by example and share support. But I also think there comes that point in time where you have to know when to back off as well mm-hmm. and whether or not you, you know, how, how you how you handle it or um what you will and will not tolerate anymore as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked about like that loneliness in that place when like the things that are no longer in alignment or the people who are no longer in alignment are like you're, you're separating from that. And then there's this like, we call it the void, right? right? It's like a void where before you've actually started to create the new path and it can be very lonely and scary and like a lot of uncertainty, yet it still feels more right than going down the same path that you've been going down. Mm -hmm. And of course there's a grieving period too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's a loss, like the relationships that you have with people, there is a loss Mm -hmm. and it takes time to process and work through. And the, and the more the tools you have, the more the awareness you can alchemize and work through it better. But I think it's going to be, there's going to be more of this symbiotic relationship as we continue on between the head and the heart mm-hmm. and how if like having like a sound mind, you know, and not having the stories of the past or the traumas or the beliefs or the ancestral conditioning, societal conditioning running the show. And then finding that, that union between like your own divine masculine feminine wholeness of a a safe container to be yourself and the unapologetic expression of who you are. I mean, I think these are, these are the ways that we're going to start implementing real change. And I think it's really, it's really incredible when you take initiative and do the work and then you start to see the people that are coming to you asking for that support or like, how did you get there? Or the curiosity. Mm Mm-hmm. I would love to hear how you really shifting your mindset and and doing that deeper work, how you've seen it impact the people that maybe not be on so much of the spiritual path as some of your friends, but people you've still kept relationship with. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I were to look at who watches my stories and like, I personally don't even watch Instagram stories that much, but when I look at the people who watch my stories, I'm like, there's like maybe like 25% of these people who were in my high school that I never talked to and they watch every video and I'm like, cool. Like they're being impacted in some way. They keep coming back because there's something that they're drawn to. And I think if anything, it, um, creates the possibility and gives permission for people to be like, huh, I don't really have to do it this way, whether it's their nine to five job or whether it's staying in an unhealthy or in a misaligned partnership. And I think if anything, it's just like showing their subconscious mind that there's something else that's possible. That's not just the same thing that they've, the mold that they're used to. And so, you know, I think that some people will choose to like engage and reach out. Some people are just influenced by 
being in my energetic field and in my space. And then there are some people who I will never even know like the impact that I've had on them, but it's a ripple of the people that I've impacted that impact those other people. So I think the, the most powerful thing is to show up as our authentic self. And we don't really know like the truest impact or like Mm -hmm. the, the, all of the places that that's going to impact. But I, I believe that it does. I mean, I believe that it has to. So what does it mean to be courageously you? Hmm. I believe that it means to do things, especially when other people don't agree or approve. So like just being so unapologetically yourself that you make the choice regardless of whether you're going to be approved and accepted. And I think one of the biggest places where that shows up for me and is in my romantic partnership where I am willing to be really clear on what my needs are and also like say what's true for me and be being honest at the risk of like, well, it's possible that if we're not meeting in the same place on this, that we may not be the right fit for each other. And, and deep down, I know that we both are choosing and we're both choosing into this partnership yet there have been a lot of turning points where like I've spoken my truth about things that are not working and I'm grateful that my partner has met me there, but to be on that edge and be courageously sharing and being yourself, knowing that there's a risk of like not being loved or knowing that it might create a shift in a dynamic, not, not being loved, but like it would create a shift in the dynamics in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it, it's really scary. I have this thing that I do whenever I go into like courageous conversations where I'm just like, all right, I don't want to do this, but I'll be like one, two, three, go. And I'll like in my head say that. And I'll be like, I get to say this, like, this is my truth. Like I get to share and I obviously share it very lovingly and articulate it in a way that I take ownership, which I think is a big piece. But yeah, I think being courageously you is being willing to say the things that are not easy to say. Mm-hmm. And do you find that the men and women in your life outside of your partnership, that there is that reciprocity between you and them as well, that you're willing to be open to hear them being courageous with you and vice versa? Yeah. I mean, my friends say like they trust me more than they trust a lot of people because I'm willing to say what's on my heart and I'm Mm -hmm. willing to be honest with them. And therefore they feel more open and willing to be honest with me because we have an open conversation, but because I lead with that, they feel safer to lead with it for me. And how do you feel that impacts your, your business? Hmm. I mean, I think it's a matter of continuing to attract the next level of, of soul clients and attract people who really I can see and like see them without judgment and like be open to also open to feedback and constantly improving and, you know, open to evolving and changing. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a good question of how it impacts my business. Yeah. I mean, I think it impacts relationships all around and Mm -hmm. the depth of my connection with my clients and with the people, I mean, it's integrity too. So it's one of my words of the year. Yeah. Mm, oh, hell yeah. It's like integrity to me means everything. 
because it, t- integrity and courage, I believe, go hand in hand. Like if you can be in your in- your integrity, it's because you have the courage enough to go there. You're courageous enough to go there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are afraid of that. Because again, there's that ancestral conditioning, there's the stories of our past, our upbringing, the, you know, the ways that we were shaped and formed and then having that disruption. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that being seen and a lot more of that that's um, becoming like a a non-negotiable in relationships and in our business. And so I would just also love to hear how, you know, as there is more and more of this rise of entrepreneurship, what do you feel like is going to be the um, ways of being or the embodiment that is going to differentiate like good entrepreneurs and like entrepreneurs that are still not in their full integrity? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it really comes down to the core of like your why and, and really being honest with yourself of like, I mean, there's so much ego that can come through with entrepreneurship and with anything really. But like if your why is pure in being in service and anytime that it's not, it's also okay because we're human and to like come back to reminding ourselves of why we're doing this in the first place. Mm -hmm. I think that that heart-centered integrity and like showing up to be in service, I mean, to me, like that's where abundance and financial wealth is naturally going to flow because we're in the, what can we give versus what can we get? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the new way of doing business. And also, yeah, I think that not just being in it for, I think also being part of social change. So for me right now, that looks like really amplifying voices of women of color. And that feels exciting and good and authentic to me. And Mm -hmm. that feels like something that feels so right and so easy. And so I think us being bigger than just our businesses, like how can our businesses have an impact in other ways or how can we as entrepreneurs, I know we don't need to and can't take a stand for absolutely everything, but how can we pick something that we do really care about and like um, use our businesses as a platform or our podcast as a platform to Mm -hmm. create social change? I mean, I think that sets you apart right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think... that's like a non-negotiable. And I know for me, I'm just really driven right now to cultivate like that conscious capitalism of more than conscious capitalism, like ethical capitalism. Um, How can the work that you put out there, the, the sacred why, the message, like how is it part of the solution rather than like bitching about the problem? Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's a lot of, you know, some people jumped on, especially the women of color topic, a lot of people jumped on because everyone was doing it, but it actually wasn't from an, a space of integrity. And you could see that, like some of these bigger names too. And I I'm, I have so much like respect for women of color who've been speaking up on it and calling those people out because this is part of the disruption that I feel like needed to happen. Because again, I think a lot of those, those teachers that led a lot of us in the beginning, like I don't really feel like they've done that deeper work and that deeper realization. They were just really good at marketing and let's sell this. But now we're, there's a there's this disruption that's been going on has been really um, inviting people to to get honest and like raw and real and vulnerable and not just worry about like, is this going to look good on my brand? Is this going to look good on my social media feed? Like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm just craving like genuine rawness in this industry. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that the marketing strategies that have worked up until now are just like, are not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing a huge shift in that. And, um, I think it kind that kind like the thing of that is people are connecting with, with those that are raw and genuine and transparent and are able to feel comfortable to show that they're human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Able to share that like, yeah, this is my flaw or like, oh, I kind of fucked up today or like my bad, like taking responsibility for their actions and behaviors, not just like what looks pretty, what's like exposed through a photo shoot or whatever. I mean, I, that's why I'm so over the basic bitch spirituality Mm -hmm. and, you know, having someone like you have the courage to say like, yeah, I've had depression. I've had to work through mental health. Like I've had to navigate through a divorce at 27. Like that takes courage. That takes someone who's like really sat with it and done with it and not been victim of their circumstances and they're choosing to be victorious and wanting to help other people get there too. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you Way to go. The acknowledgement. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm pumped mm. for you. I love seeing like how you've like bloomed and like evolved. Like I said, it's just been, do you think 10 years ago, like when I was so insecure that I'd be sitting here on your couch, like <laughs> hell no, I was just thinking about the whole drive here. So, yeah. but to wrap up, I do have some lightning round questions. What does sovereignty mean to you? Sovereignty means I got me, like me, I got me and I'm with like in truest connection with God and like feeling um, everything else is a bonus, like that I don't necessarily need anything outside of me, but that I trust in myself and my abilities and my resourcefulness to be able to navigate through my life in a way that's true and authentic for myself. Mm, I love that. What animal totem would you say is guiding you a lot lately? Hmm. There was something that came through this weekend when I was in Sedona. I got a... Hmm. Let's come back to it. It's going to come back through. It's probably like a bird or something that's like that's not what, flying around. That was that was literally the, what was coming through, <laughs> some type of bird. But Amazing. What would you say to younger Amy? Oh, I would tell her that it's all going to work out perfectly and that she doesn't need to do anything in order to be loved. Mm, I love that. Where can we find more of you? On Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. I've also got my podcast, the Feminine Frequency Podcast. So come on over and say hello and listen to Sabrina's episode because it was awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just love to connect. So if there's anything that you know spoke to you in this episode, any part of my story, anything that I shared, please reach out, send me a message. I would love to personally connect with you. Yes. And what's one last nugget of wisdom you want to share to whoever's listening? Mm. Um, what came through intuitively, like initially is that whatever the perception is that other people have it all figured out is like, we're all constantly on the journey and like, I'm still in a massive evolution and still growing and working through my own mental health. And like, even no matter how much progress we've made that like, we all have our stuff. And so I would just say that like, really being 
intentional when you're looking on social media or when you're perceiving someone in a certain light, just knowing that we all have light and shadow and we all have these um, spaces that are things that we're working on. So just to like really look at taking down that curtain and the illusion that people have it all figured out. Yes. I think we just need to like be kinder to ourselves and more gentle and trust how things are unfolding and the realizations and the process. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. So thank you. Thanks for having Bud and I and for being here and for going there with me. And I'm excited to see how the rest of this year unfolds and how it's just so it's just it's just great having more, like I said, women that like were in my life during those develop like those pivotal moments of like really learning myself and that self-worth and confidence and then just to see us like both of us like alchemize and become where we are today it's just really beautiful to see the evolution and I also feel like we've just scratched the surface and for what's to come so I appreciate you and I respect you and I honor you and yeah I'm excited to see how this continues to unfold thank you me too I'm excited for you to hopefully move to San Diego so we oh, can get to kick it it's just not hopefully it's just <laughs> a win <laughs> I love it. Thanks thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.